when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increase in amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hi, this is Ken Griffey. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Griffey Sr. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? 
Oh, no complaints here. Uh, you were just telling me uh, off air that you have a couple more grandkids graduating high school. That's definitely got to be an exciting moment for you, huh? Oh, yeah, it's a big moment. Uh, you know, I, uh, one is in Philadelphia and one is in Florida, so it's kind of tough to do both. But, you know, I try to do the best I can when I can do it. Okay, did you, well, did you make a decision on which location you're going to try to make it to, or? Well, I'm, I've already, I'm, I have, I'm on my way out to Arizona, but I had to be in Pennsylvania first anyway to take care of some business up here. So I went to the one in Philly, and uh, I'm going to call the granddaughter and talk to her in about a, a day or so, let her get all, soak all that stuff in where she's, you know, uh, graduated already and everything, get ready to go to college. Okay, uh well, first, well, with the camp, you said you're going out to Arizona to work with the Reds. Uh, what kind of uh, work will you be doing with them? Well, I'm actually a rover, and okay. what I do is I go to all the minor league teams, and I work with the outfielders, uh, hitting, uh, base running, and those type of things with uh, the younger clubs, uh, especially, you know, like two eight-ball clubs. They have Bakersfield and Dayton, and then they have... We got the, uh, what we call the extended spring kids, which are kids just out of high school, and some of them are uh, been, just being drafted or younger kids coming out of college. So I'll be with them for a while. And we have a mini camp that's coming up for the draft. The draft should be sometime this week. I think it might be today or tomorrow. And um, I'll be out there from the 8th through the 14th, and that's just basically to help out do some things. Well, we'll run them through all the gamut of what they have to go through every day for the, the remainder of their... Okay, as a rover, that you uh, look for in particular with the outfielders to say, hey, this kid's got it, uh, so to say. Well, what we look for is, you know, basically for outfielders, you know, speed. Uh, you know, uh, most of the time you look for five tools with an outfielder. You, you want the speed, uh, hit with power, hit, hit with average, um... You know, defense and all those sort of things that you have to figure out. But as you watch them, you can tell which ones are, are pretty good and which ones are going to have to need need some work in certain areas of their game. Well, uh, final question with that part of it anyway. Uh, when you're dealing with some of these kids in the minors or who were just drafted and all, because of your experience and name and everything else like that, are a lot of them afraid to come up and ask you questions? Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Whatever the case may be, talking about baseball. Well, a lot of them are afraid to approach you at first. Uh, but, you know, you know, I, I, I talk to them. When I talk to them, I kind of loosen them up. I tell them a joke or something of that nature and then loosen them up. And then, you know, then it's a little easier for me to approach them. If not, 95% of the time, if I see something, I'll approach them and talk to them about it. I won't try to put any pressure on them in terms of they have to do it right away or anything of that nature. It's just something that I'll put, you know, put on their heads and let them think about it. And then if they want to talk further, we can talk about it. Sometimes I'll take kids out to dinner every once in a while just to get them one-on-one -on -one or, you know, at least three or four of them and then let them talk to me and tell me what uh, their strengths and weaknesses are. And it works out a lot better that way. Yeah, I guess off the field, that's for sure. Well, the book yeah. is Big oh, yeah. Red. The book is Big Red. Uh, why Why did you feel now was a good time to uh, kind of tell your story on the field? Well, you know, it's been almost, I was trying to put it out about three or four years ago. Um, 
wasn't able to. There was certain things, you know, you need publishers and all that and everything. You know, you got to work all that stuff out. And I, I felt that, you know, it, uh, at this time, I'm hoping to get, you know, just get the book out and see what happens, see how people would uh, like it or enjoy it or whatever. And the only thing I was just talking about is the things that happened to me in my life in terms of baseball and working with Junior and everything of that nature. So those are the things that I, I decided to see. Those something I can put out there. Maybe somebody can learn something from it. If not, you know, I mean, that's just the way it goes. But some of the things I went through, I wanted a lot of the younger kids not to worry about some of those things and just play the game as they need to play it, play hard, and they don't have to make any adjustments to it. Well, we spoke with your co-author, uh, Phil Pepe, from, uh, who, as people know, is a, as an author from 50 other books and newspaper reporter and all that. Uh, how how was it working with Phil and putting your story together? Well, it was great working with Phil. He made it a lot easier for me. Uh, I've known Phil for a long time, you know, being out with the Yankees for those four and a half years and, you know, in the 80s. So I got, you know, got to know him pretty good, and he was just easy to work with. You know, he came down here. I'm in Langhorn right now, Pennsylvania. And he would come down. We'd sit at the diner for five or six hours just talking about old things that happened and how the book, that's how the book really got developed. And what about George, your old teammate, George Foster? Was it your choice to say, I would like George to write the forward for this, or was that somebody yeah. else? No, no, no. That was me. You know, George and I were roommates for like six six years, uh, actually seven years, starting from AAA to uh, up until like 77 in the big leagues. You know, so we were we roommates for a good while, and uh, I wanted him to, you know, uh, do the forward and I thought he did a pretty good job on it. Nice. Well, obviously, you've done a lot with the big red machine you were a part of. There's Your career stands out in the numbers. We don't have to get into that because, yeah, they are what they are. Most people know uh, what you've done on the field. But I'm curious about when you were telling your story, with it, which I didn't know and I don't think many people knew, uh, you mentioned early in the book was, about the possibility of playing college football and the whole Marshall situation. Uh, is that eerie for you when you think about that, or we're trying to tell that story to Phil and get everything worked out? Well, it was eerie. You know, I mean, I had put some uh, pictures out on, on the Facebook of a couple of guys that, that I played with in high school, almost a guy named Bernie Clifford, who was our quarterback. And the other guy was Larry Nelson, who was on that Marshall team. That uh, He was my first cousin that uh, the plane went down, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, think about this situation and how how it came about. It was the strangest thing, you know, because once I signed the baseball contract, at that time you were considered professional and everything, and I couldn't go back to play college football, so I had to make the best of playing baseball. But, um, you know, I think about it all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, just, uh, I guess, twist of fate, you know, got, got on my side, and then I – Signed a baseball contract, and that next year those, those kids go down that plane crash, and uh, it was just a weird, eerie feeling. And that you know, it, stayed, it still still haunts me a little bit about the whole thing because I, I had dinner with those kids. Um, you know, one time I went down to watch uh, University of West Virginia Marshall freshman team play, and that's what I'm saying. My cousin was on a freshman team with Marshall, Larry Nelson. 
and Bernie Glyph was the quarterback for the University of West Virginia. So, uh, you know, I went down one day, watched them play, and I had dinner with the, the kids with the Marshall team because Larry invited me for their post game deal, and I sat down with a lot of those guys there. Yeah, so to say you knew some of them was, you know, makes it that much more besides your cousin. Uh, but on the right. positive thing I always got a kick out of uh, when reading your story and knowing your history was uh, that both, not just you, but Junior were born in the same city that Stan Musial was in. Did you have any contact with Stan over the years in baseball there? Or? Oh, yeah. I had contact. As a matter of fact, you know, if you read the book a little more of it, Stan, you know, my dad played together in high school. And my dad was a left-handed third baseman, and Stan was a pitcher. And he knew my dad real well. So when I got to the big leagues, see, because I didn't know my dad that well, because he left when I was two. So I didn't know him very well, tendencies or how he was or anything. But Stan knew, knew him pretty good. So when I made the big league club, 74, 75, 76, Stan would come down while I was on the team with the Reds, and he'd ask me how my dad's doing, where is he, where he's at, and you know some of the things I didn't know about him, he would tell me. But yeah, I mean, I, I got to know my dad through Stan Musial a little bit. Then when I got with the Yankees, when I was traded to the Yankees, and I went to the first trip to Cleveland, my dad was there waiting on me, and I took him out to dinner, and you know got to know him a little better then. And I kept telling him that Stan was asking about him years ago because I was. At that time, I was in Cincinnati going to St. Louis all the time, and he was wondering how, how uh, they called him, I think, Stash. Uh, my dad did, you know, and, they, and my uh, uh, Stan called my dad Buddy. So his name was Joseph, Robert Joseph, but he called him Buddy. And that's how I got to know uh, my dad through Stan Music. Well, that's interesting that uh, you said you went out to dinner with your dad and all that. Did you end up... Uh Having a relationship with your father after that? Not very much. I mean, the only the only time I actually seen him was when I went back with you know with the with the Yankees in Cleveland. Uh, I didn't have very much relationship with him uh, because you know I mean he had left too. I didn't see him until I was pretty close to fourteen, fifteen years old, I think it was. And then the next time I seen him, I was twenty five and it was the first uh, third game of the. Of the 75 World Series was when he came to Cincinnati. And after that, I didn't see him again until 82 when I was with the, with the Yankees. Well, it's interesting for me, at least. Do you feel that, because you talk about being a father in the book as well, you know, coaching junior, and you talk about Craig and everything. Do you think the situation with your father uh, mentally tried to help you try to be a better father to your kids? Well, I always do that. I mean, even when my dad was there, I was going to try to be a better father to my kids anyway. You know, um, that's just the way I, I, I was brought up, I guess, to my mom because, you know, she was the strongest one of all of us. I mean, she raised six of us, you know, five boys and one girl. And she always made sure that we understood you take care of your own. And that's what I would do. I'd always take care of mine. Yeah, because, well, what... We talked about in the beginning of the interview, interview here about, uh, you know, the grandkids graduating and just now talking about your father and being a strong force for your kids or tried to be. Uh, you have an athletic family. Do you think a lot of that is, uh, 
genes or just luck or what do you think that is? Because obviously there was you, you had Junior, and now you have at least one grandchild who's a wide receiver in college currently. Is that some sort of luck or what do you think that is? Well, I think it's in the G, you know, because uh, I was actually a better football player than any other sport. And Trey just took the idea that he wanted to be a football player, and he's uh, at the University of Arizona. And my granddaughter just graduated this year. Junior's done. She's on her way to the University of Arizona on a football, I mean, a basketball scholarship. Uh, so it's it's kind of in the genes. My mother was a pretty good high school basketball player when she played in high school. Um, my dad was a football player and baseball player at the time. So, you know, all those things together, I guess it's all in the genes. Well, do you think there's any pressure on those kids because of the family name as well? I don't think I don't think so. At least I, you know, hope you know. I don't. I don't. I've never tried to put any pressure, especially with Junior. I mean, he he put a lot of unnecessary pressure on himself because he can get a hit in front of me from age twelve to to, to eighteen, and that's because every time I got a chance to see him, which was very seldom, being out with the Yankees and he was still in Cincinnati, um, it was tough on him. But I, I'm hoping that you know, I mean, Trey doesn't feel any as as I watch him develop as a player. He doesn't feel any pressure because, you know, he's not playing baseball. <laughs> so he figures football is a little different area than anybody else. And Karen's the same way. She doesn't feel any pressure because Junior didn't play very much basketball. I played a lot in, in, in high school. But they just play their games. They have a lot of fun doing that. And that's what we try to instill in them is make sure they have fun doing what they're doing. Well, obviously, uh that's a great thing that there's a, and it seems like you guys are always been close and everything else like that. But uh, do you think Trey will maybe lean towards baseball or something with football don't work out after college or anything else or give it a shot? I don't, I don't know. I probably know this year because he's a junior. He'll be a sophomore, I think, this year. He's going to start. He's a, one of the starting wideouts this year. And, you know, when I get out there and talk to him, maybe he might have a little change of heart about baseball. But at this point, I think he wants to play the, in the NFL. Well, the cool thing I did see about, as far as Trey's concerned, uh, that you and Junior happened to catch, I think it was a bowl game, uh, and see Trey's first uh, college touchdown. Uh, if that's yeah. true, uh, how, how cool was that for both grandfather and father to be in the stands to watch that game? The Washington game was outstanding. I mean, I hadn't seen him play all year, and he hadn't played much. You know, he was kind of a red-shirted freshman, and late in the season, they decided they wanted taller players, and Trey's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and they wanted taller receivers, and uh, he got a chance to play the last five games. And, you know, the, the funny part about that, I didn't see the first touchdown because I was getting hot dogs for the kids, but I got to see the second touchdown. <laughs> but it was exciting because just to see him playing and, you know, making making plays that, uh, you know, I didn't think he could make, and he was making them, so he, he knew exactly what he was doing. That's well, you just said a little interesting thing there. Uh, obviously, uh, did you get hazed by Junior and whatnot and everybody else saying, hey, Dad, guess what you missed there, you know? Because obviously you heard the oh, crowd yeah. reaction, but you were getting hot dogs. Yeah, I heard, I heard it. I heard the crowd roar, you know, and I didn't know what it was. And I got there, and they said, you missed Trey's touchdown. And I said, yeah, thanks to you guys sending me for hot dogs. 
<laughs> you know, so, but you ain't all over me about that, you know, but I got the yeah, second one, so I stayed for the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah, you know, there's just got to be a little family tease in there. Hey, get, way to go, Dad, you know, oh, kind of. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, the book is Big Red. You're out in Lancaster. Get ready to go do some red stuff. Like I said, the book is Big Red. Uh, it's through Triumph uh, Publishing. Uh, definitely an interesting read. He talks about baseball. He talks about his life uh, associated with baseball on and off the field. Ken Griffey, thank you so much for talking to us. The Wiz Kids had won it. Bobby Thompson had done it. And Yogi read the comics all the while. Rock and roll was being born, marijuana we would scorn. So down on the corner, the national pastime went on trial. We're talking baseball, Klazuski, Campanella, talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber, and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially with. Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Sail Black 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Jason Kendall and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. 